podcast device and fire episode 228 for the week of february 25th 2018 but welcome back listeners to another episode of the podcast device and fire we are still uh the longest running podcast dedicated to george r, r. martin's song of ice and fire series and occasionally hbo's game of thrones longest running this year is a, de- a decade a smooth decade yeah. podcasting book series really Mm-hmm. March 2008 was when we started. Holy cow. I lose track of time. No, that's when you guys started. I don't remember when I joined, but... Like a year later. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 yeah. <laughs> was it 2009 that you joined? A couple years later. Sure. I'm a, I'm a year younger than you guys. Okay. But done like 800 more episodes than me you know so <laughs> i know where's that where's that chart is that thing still getting updated oh it's like six years out of the year or, <laughs> or historians everyone's dying off now it's like, <laughs> well we just keep we just keep doing this i was like i don't even know if people still listen to this podcast because there are probably so many podcasts about song of ice and fire at this point um yeah, that's a good question. I mean, do, do you have any numbers? Do we? Do people still listen to us? They do, yeah. I mean, but a lot of people have quit the show, or they started quitting the show. So it's mostly book readers that are sticking with us. Oh. Well, so when you say a lot of people have quit the show, you mean like a lot of our listeners, or a yes. lot of just like, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of our listeners. I think the main, I mean, the show, the show fans are still there. I think I mean, there was maybe the last season. I wonder. Out. I do wonder if that, like, uh, if that is exclusively a, phenom- a phenomenon of the like the people who read the books first right mm. uh, because I feel like if you got into the book series and then you know subsequently the podcast because you watched Game of Thrones then I feel like there's no reason to stop watching maybe well, they're probably still watching I mean people who started with the show I'm sure they're still right because I think yeah, for them that's it. always kind of their canon right like that was their lead in so yeah. absolutely I mean I don't even know where the show is anymore. My boss is trying to talk to me about it uh, last weekend in Miami. And uh, to date, I have never been spoiled on anything in the show. It has also been so long since I read Dance. I was like, was that in Dance? <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel you on that one. Oh, man. I was out uh, to dinner last night with uh, a significant person. I won't name them, but a significant person in the Game of Thrones community. Mm. And they were just like... I hate the show now. <laughs> they couldn't take it. And uh, I was like, wow, I never expected this person to uh, to say that. They were such a lover of it. And now it's it's come to that. I, I just, I know so little of it, but, you know, my I heard, I guess my, uh, my boss was telling, you know, the other people that we were traveling with, like, hey, you guys have got to watch the show, but um, y'all can't watch it, like, when the kids are around, because, you know, there's just, like, there's just whores in every scene. And I was like, wait, still? <laughs> Because I remember, like... Well, there's no Roz. Roz isn't there anymore. Ugh. I was like, are they really... Uh, they're still doing all these all these scenes in brothels? Like, they're still... I thought that would have died off after, like, well, they made years more, of criticism. They made it more tasteful. They're having the same scenes. Just a little bit more tasteful, I think. Oh. Mm. <laughs> but, um, anyway, sorry. Me. Well, I mean, you are definitely going to have to, uh, like, blur... Uh, um, bleep out what uh the spoiler that mimi said sure I'll, I'll cut that out just in case i think most i think most people made it that far and then they quit but i'll still awesome or you could just bleep over the whole thing right <laughs> actually cut me out of this whole episode because <laughs> i am woefully unprepared well, for we, it we have a guest host today is mimi 
Maybe oh, that. yes, yes. Yeah, I guess maybe you guys should start announcing your names and then I should just come in here like... <laughs> sure, let's do that. Let's pretend you're a guest host. Cool. Well, uh, as usual, this is Amin. And this is Kyle. And I don't like that idea. I don't like this idea <laughs> at all, actually, because I feel I like I'm being boxed out of how, the podcast. How did you get into the podcast, Mimi? It's like, well, I found it. <laughs> um, Ten years ago, and yeah. then I've never showed up since, but here I am, uh, another reread episode. And I feel like the ongoing joke is that we are still in Storm of Swords, and every time I like roll back in for another episode, you know, once or twice a year, I'm like, we're done, right? And it's like, no, we're still in the same chapters you left off. <laughs> well, we have some significant chapters today. Yes. Actually, uh, we are doing the Red Wedding today. Yeah, one of the dun, key dun, points dun. in the Storm of Swords, so we are getting there. We're over halfway through. <laughs> oh my god, that's it? <laughs> <laughs> I know. When did we start Storm of Swords? I don't even remember. But oh, uh, 2013, probably. Funny. I was, <laughs> I was talking to a friend today. I was like, yeah, we're still doing our reroute. We're on Storm of Swords. And I thought about <laughs> it. Oh, we've got two books after that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> we probably started like Storm reread before I even got married or had a baby. Like, I'm pretty sure mm. it's been yeah. it's been that long. It's been a while. But isn't it the podcast helped you find your husband, right? What? Or he, or he knew of the podcast when you met your husband, right? Yes, but yeah. he, I mean, he'd only listened to the um, the podcast uh, because he'd watched one season. He, he watched the first season of Game of Thrones, so that's how he found our podcast. He said we were up there on, like, uh, trending podcasts on iTunes. <laughs> Hell Back yeah. when there were only three podcasts on iTunes, we were <laughs> we were on those yeah. charts, man. Yeah, podcasts weren't that. I think back to 2008, like they really, it's such a change now. Like everyone has their own podcast now, but 2008, everyone yeah. has a podcast. Did many. I tell you guys I'm cheating on you and I'm doing another podcast too? Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> um, it has nothing to do with Game of Thrones or A Song of Ice and Fire. Um, do you remember the '90s show Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction? Wasn't Will Riker? Yes, yeah, Jonathan Frakes the hosted host that. Yeah. Um, the, the deal was it was kind of like this unsolved mysteries type of thing where they would tell five stories and they would have these really cheesy reenactments of them and stuff. And then at the end of the episode, you find out which stories are fact and which are purely made up by the writers. And you just it, so it's kind of got this game show sort of thing. And me and my friends, we would just watch it for fun and we decided to start up a podcast um and we're almost halfway through actually the show because it only ran four seasons um but uh but yeah it's a lot of fun it's called uh we beyond beyond belief hmm. our podcast so it's a lot of fun yeah very cool yeah i'm learning so much i just never learned on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> I know that's tragic, right? Like I, so Ian and I've been toying with the idea of doing a podcast together and I don't know if we're going to do it this year, but I just feel like, like I'm going to have to learn how to do all of this stuff. Like, yeah, (laughs) very technically this is a podcast, but it's not like (laughs) I, you know, cause he listens to every podcast out there and I'm like, Oh, this production value. Meanwhile, I'm still out here. Like, in your podcasting in closets and bathrooms and stuff <laughs> and it still sounds like i'm under the sea so <laughs> yeah you should do it because then you would uh you'd have some good yeah. equipment and stuff were you doing yeah. it about uh, parenting is that what you're gonna do we you know we were talking about that um but as you know what 
people don't really like listening to people talk about their kids. And I am one of those people because I could not give a shit about other people's parenting. Like not at all, you know? And, uh, even when I was pregnant, I wasn't really that interested in learning about how other people were doing the parenting thing. I think I was more just like, wow, this is weird. This is, uh, I'm going to be bad at this. And now that I am bad at it, I was like, I just don't even think that anybody would be interested in hearing me and Ian's hot takes on uh, how to discipline a toddler. You could just name it bad parenting and tell all your terrible stories. <laughs> and see, that was the concept of our podcast was was bad advice, right? But we started doing, we did an episode of that like in 2014 and now it's 2018 and everyone has a podcast where they give advice uh, terribly. So, so who well, knows? Well, shit, what you going to do then? I don't know. You know what? I'm not a very interesting person. So, well, you, Mimi, you got to <laughs> do the video medium. Not then. my fallback. You got to go, go toward YouTube and become a big YouTube celebrity. God, go. I hate that. I, I hate everybody who does a vlog or whatever. Vlog. Uh, did you call it a vlog? That is seriously. <laughs> that is v, my a vlog. A vlog. Oh my god, you are so old, Mimi. You are you're the one over here who couldn't answer a call on Skype. Like, where's the button? You know what? Microsoft took over. I don't know what's happening on this machine right there. But I am a thousand because like not even not even that recent scandal with Logan Paul or whatever, but I just think like anytime I've watched a YouTube video, it's just these constant like cuts jumping back and forth and these people trying way too hard uh, to be high energy. It's horrible. It's probably how people feel when they listen to this podcast about me, but <laughs> well, there's a, a good one. Uh, there's this British guy in Japan. He does a, uh, kind of like a vlog about his time there, and it's pretty, he's entertaining. Uh, it's called Abroad in Japan. See, like I, I could with that because I think like you're doing something. It's not you sitting in front of your webcam or whatever. Hmm. Whatever they're doing these ways. Uh, when you go to back to Mongolia, maybe yeah, do some vlogs out there. Man, I don't know. I would, but I'm weird looking on video. I don't like that. Um, anyway, sorry. <laughs> Just we show all the Mongo balls. People would pay good money to see that. Oh, man. Is there a video of you doing poetry or something and you deleted it or something? Oh, my God. Oh. I'm like a thousand pounds in that. <laughs> and I cannot erase it from the internet. It's maybe, really depressing. Maybe, maybe we would put up so much stuff and then delete it immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I can't with you guys Fair right enough. Now. I mean, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, where were we? Yeah. We were getting into this reread. Let's do it. Yeah, we're in uh, Aria Ten, is it? I think it's yes, it is. To the red so, wedding. did you assign us these three chapters because it was, you wanted to get the red wedding before and after? Yeah, and and they're both short chapters. Aria chapters on both sides of them. So I thought let's just do do it as three. Makes sense. And there's a little bit of foreshadowing in this one. Actually, I don't know. Did you did you do a recap for this one, Carl, or? Uh, well, the Aria chapters are very short, so yeah. I just ripped it right from the Tower of the Hand. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, I wrote up my own uh, Caitlin chapter, but the Aria ones, cool. I just took word for word. So Aria 10. Sandor and Aria are riding on a wagon with Stranger tied up behind. Sandor stole the cart from a farmer. They are stopped by outriders led by Sir Donald. But Sandor says they are bringing salt pork and a war horse courtesy of Lady she- Sheila? Shella? Shella, something. Shella! Shella! <laughs> there you go. And he lets them pass. They arrive at the castle, and a sergeant tells them to unload at the tents. Sandor drives the team towards the castle instead. 
I feel like we should just rename this podcast a podcast of three people reading from Tower of the Hand. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote my own Caitlin one. Calm down. <laughs> so have you guys ever had pig's feet before? Is it good? There it is. No. I have good. not. I bet they're chewy and delicious. It's be like a good delicacy or something. Or it's a good snack. Sure, Lisa. Some magic. I think it's pretty popular in, in southern cooking, but... Mm. So, let's see here. I, I seriously feel like the last chapter I did with you guys was an Aria one. There's well, a lot of them in here. She does have quite a few, yeah, actually. Well, I think it was just the one before this. Because <laughs> it, it feels like, ah, she's still out here traveling with the hound, huh? Well, she does that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, most likely. Yeah, and she has a dream, actually, in this chapter. It's just, uh, about like this fighting going on and this kind of premonition of what's coming on i mean this could just this this is always this come the same thing happens here like this the question of whether this is just simple foreshadowing or this is actually something more insensitive like is Arya having like a predictive dream uh, as a stark as, as, from her blood like green blood or something like is it is it just more than foreshadowing is actually a stark ability maybe that she can have a predictive dream but she's a green seer yeah i mean i guess you got the potential she's good at everything she might as well have that too right does she have dreams like more more of those later in the books? She has like kind of warging dreams when she wargs yeah, on Emery, but I'm just wondering if, if she has that ability, maybe she also has a bit of a predictive one, or it just could be. I mean, any any character could have a dream like this, and that, that's just the author putting foreshadowing what's coming in the next chapter. It's not mm-hmm. anything more than that, but it is yeah. interesting set up for the next chapter. And I feel like all should... these Stark kids have like a little bit of all these powers, and Bran's the only one who like fully embraces them. Yeah, and that's what for a long time I, we there was this theory where Ned's mom was supposed to be from Skagos, but it didn't turn out to be. But I, I thought that would have been cool because maybe that's where that kind of fresh influx from like northern blood might have come in and helped them with both warging and green seeing, mm. like far northern blood. <laughs> the cannibals. Yeah. And then there's also uh, pipes playing, uh, like the which is also kind of set up for. In fact, it might mm-hmm. it might even be overlapping almost with what's going on there. I mean, th- these chapters might overlap. What's, uh, yeah, I'm trying to figure out the time because mo- I feel like most of the chapters, you know, take place after each other or whatnot. But this one is very. There's this overlap between mm-hmm. this one and the next one and the following one. There's this thing, um, and so yeah, it's like where. Well, did they kill uh, all of Rob's men and Rob first and then come and kill everyone outside? But if that's the case, then he could just be dying right as they're, they're, they're talking outside here. Yeah, I feel like they're coming in kind of as like the bedding is happening, right? Mm, that's probably mm-hmm. right. How fucking loud is this music that she can <laughs> hear it? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, mean, it ec- I mean, the music in there echoes even more than your bathroom music. Get out of here. <laughs> Block me. You're going to hear the faint, the faint sound of pipes in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, there's there's an insult here. It's, uh, the guy's like, "I'm not some milk suck, Southron knight." Milk suck is a insult. Don't don't Wait. search for that on Google. I was trying to figure oh, out <laughs> like titty sucker? What? That's a milk suck. <laughs> Hasn't been. Don't mean. search for that. Yeah. <laughs> Too I late. I don't know if this is just uh, maybe just a weird impression that the impression that I got from like the one Game of Thrones episode I watched uh, 20 years ago. But, you know, the vibe between like Arya and the Hound is like, ah, she's like a sidekick. But I think like, nah, they're actually he's really shitty to her. Yeah, She hates him. And she hates him. There is no sort of comedy pairing here. 
Yeah. Although, I mean, the next chapter when we get to is maybe a key point in what, the way she acts there. She has to make a decision. But uh, this this one, yeah, they're definitely... And he gives her a bad haircut. <laughs> She's half bald now. Yeah, but I mean, it's all yeah. It's also at the point where like she doesn't need him anymore, or at least she doesn't think so, because she's only, you know, she's only yards away from her family. Mm-hmm. So that hatred can definitely bubble up to the surface because she's not. She feels like she's not going to be dependent on um, this, a capable man or anything, where um, she can just she'll be with her family and be taken care of. Or, uh, but then as soon as she, I, well, I mean. To give it away, but they die, and then um, <laughs> she uh, she later she doesn't she knows she doesn't have anybody except for the hound, pretty much mm-hmm. at that point, right? But, anyhow, we'll get to that. This knight comes out and uh, doesn't even pay attention to Sandor; he just focuses on his horse. And they've met before too. Oh yeah, which knight? Sir Donald High. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Senators beat him a few times too in fights, and just like, yeah, they're not <coughs> going to waste their time looking at his peasant, but they'll look at the warhorse. Yeah, exactly. He gets so lucky that he doesn't check out his face. Yeah. But I guess uh, Sandor is pretty clever. Yeah. Clever like that. I wonder what would have happened if they saw the hound there. Mm. Well, so he's he's hiding, right? Like looking like a big down down at heels farmer. Yep. Which I think that that is a cute foreshadowing to where he ends up in Feast. Hmm. Is the grave digger? Mm-hmm. Possibly. It's not it's really not. much else in this chapter. I'm looking at it. I mean, like, she already thought about revealing herself, but she doesn't see anybody she recognizes. All these weird houses. Not hmm. any... Uh... Yeah, I think, you know, the, the fact that Arya... In sort of in this journey, you start there's you know these nice little details here that you know she is adapting to a costume, right? Like disguising herself and this idea that she's invisible to people. Um, you know, the knight that doesn't even pay attention to her. I think like, oh, that's a that is a nice setup for how she kind of leans into it later on. Yeah, and she has no hair at the moment again, right? Yeah, half her that. half her head is bald from the haircut. <laughs> yeah, he's not, he's not a good barber. No, even worse than Yorin, I think she says. <laughs> and then he's like, no, it's your bro- bloody brother I want. So he wants the bloody brother. Yeah, that's not the most subtle of... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so what's he? What's his deal? He's going to sell her off and get some money? Is that what it was? Yeah, and he said what? like, if, if you'll hire him, he'll, he'll work for hire. If not, he'll just leave his money. Oh, he'll be like a hedge knight or something? Yeah. <laughs> right, for, for Rob. Yeah. Wow. Which, you know, and I feel so bad because in this chapter, I remember the first time reading it, like, ah, yeah, she's going to see her family. Mm. And just really wanting that for her, you know? Yeah. Did you guys think, you think she was actually going to see them the first time you read this? Do you remember what you thought? I'm sure. Yeah. I was like, yes, yes, Rob, please hire the hound. Uh, yeah. <laughs> y'all be out there. <laughs> a young wolf and an old dog. Um, yeah. And then say, he's going to kill Gregor, right? Like that that's going to tie up really nicely. That's going to give my justice boner <laughs> very good satisfaction. But, uh, and then the next, next thing after that, I was like, Oh, Oh no. Oh no. Cool. I guess we can move on to red wedding chapter. Unless there's anything else. 
here. No. So, so Caitlin, seven. Okay. Good. We good? Good. Yes. <laughs> Caitlin seven. So Caitlin seven. Mir Tully. Jenner. No, sorry. Oh, sweet. <laughs> you son of a. No, I'm <laughs> Just canceled this whole podcast sorry. episode. Uh, Ed Mir Tully and Rosalind Frey have been wed. Inside the twins, the party rages. Most of Rob's men are drunk. Grey Wind is not there, and Caitlin is uneasy. It isn't long before Lord Walder calls for the betting to begin. The raucous crowd carries off the bride and groom. Caitlin, Rob, and a few others stay behind. It is then that Caitlin starts to notice things are not right, and she hears the reins of Castamere begin to play. Rob gets hit by two or three crossbow bolts before his men begin to die, one by one. When Northmen begin to pour through the door, Caitlin believes they are saved until they deca- decapitate the small John, and Roose Bolton thrusts his sword into Rob's heart, telling him that Jamie Lannister sends his regards. Caitlin cuts the throat of the half-wit Jingle Bells. Jingle, it's Jingle Bells, right? Yeah. yeah. Goes insane and rakes her face with her nails. A fray steps up and slits her throat. So we have the Red Wedding here, folks. Uh, what was your first feeling when you read this years ago i can tell you that i read it and it didn't sink in and i think i was halfway through the next chapter when i was like wait a minute (laughs) did i did i hold on and i went back and i reread it and i was like holy shit Yeah, I guess I was just reading that and thinking like uh, Googling like uh, are there ways that you could have uh, get a knife to your throat and not die? Like (laughs) she can't die, right? I mean. She's been such a huge character in the stories. And not only that, but Rob too. Jeez. And it's just, uh, I remember when I I was reading, my friend and I were reading at the same time and he kind of quit for a while reading Silver Swords. I caught up and read past them. It's like a lot of people stopped reading the books temporarily know. or permanently. This or chapter. threw their books out the window. I mean, isn't this the chapter everybody talks about throwing their book across the room? Yeah. Jeez. I mean, I, I thought he'd lost his mind. I'm like, you've <laughs> killed off two huge characters. and Crazy. Amazing. Awesome. Is this the... Is this the the ultimate scene in the books? Is this like the moment that everybody... I mean, I remember when they were started the show, Benioff and Weiss were like, we just, we need to get to that part. I remember them saying something along those lines, like, even if the show gets canceled or whatever, we just need to make it. We need to make it there. You know, I know that the, for shock value, it's a big one, but I don't know. I feel like Ned's death for me, you know? Hmm was the first one that was like, oh, he's not fucking around. Like, you know, and I should have known, but I think that you kind of get lulled into the sense of like, okay, well, you know, it seems like it's going to go so well for Rob. Yeah, when Ned died, at least there was people to kind of take up the mantle and keep going and avenge him. But then this is like, okay, that's you think it's for the North after this. Like, they die, the Muslim army dies. Yeah, Such a crushing blow. And I'm pretty sure George has said that. He's like, uh, to subvert expectations, he was like, okay, so the main hero kind of guy dies, 
And then what do you expect to happen? You expect his eldest son to like pick, pick up where he left off and fight the good fight and win at the end of the day. And George was like, no, <laughs> I ain't going to let that happen. Uh, it's going to be a lot more difficult than that. So he purposely had Rob, you know, become what he was and then take him down uh, a book and a half later. I think he even said he wrote this chapter, like it was one of the last chapters he wrote when you wrote this book. He left it till the end because it was going to be difficult to write. This is a hard, this is a hard chapter to tackle in a reread because it's like, like you said, it's the red wedding. It's the, the chapter, you know, the scene that's been discussed to death, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's been, if that is the scene that people think of when they think about Song of Ice and Fire, like, yeah. We always talk about how, like, we were affected by that. How do you think George was affected when he wrote it? Like, that must have hurt to be like, all right, well, I'm going to kill off these characters that I've been writing for almost three books now. Like, that must, as an author, that must that must hurt you. Unless you're just like, oh, God, I hated writing Caitlin. So. No, he, he, he has said, he's admitted, it definitely hurt him writing it. It was difficult for him to write it. So, like, that's in one of his interviews. Hmm. Has he ever addressed why he killed Caitlin? Like, I mean, I don't know if. Well, he can if, have Stoneheart then. That's a- <laughs> right. And that's what I was like is was Stoneheart always planned or was it a direction that he went in after? Because, you know, like the way that I think about it is that Rob's campaign and, you know, Rob's Rob's whole thing has been visible through Caitlin as the narrator. Right. So when he dies and we don't really know what's going on, the confusion that's left after he dies. Um, I I wonder if that is also just, you know, not having Caitlin as a narrator anymore helps contribute Hmm. to that confusion. Hmm. Yeah. I think he, he knew he was going to kill Rob for a long time, but I'm not sure about Caitlin. If he decided close, I'm looking at a entertainment weekly interview here. And one of the first questions they asked Georgia, let's see, when was this interview from? This was from my computer is so slow. Uh, from 2013. Um, how early in the process of writing the book series did you know you were going to kill off Rob and Caitlin? And George said, I knew it almost from the beginning. Not the first day, but very soon. I've said in many interviews that I like my fiction to be unpredictable. I like there to be considerable consequences. I killed Ned in the first book, and it shocked a lot of people. I killed Ned because everybody thinks he's the hero, and that, sure, he's going to get into trouble, but then he'll somehow get out of it. The next predictable thing is to think his eldest son is going to rise up and avenge his father, and everybody is going to expect that. So immediately, killing Rob became the next thing I had to do. (laughs) Um, But about killing Caitlin? Oh, I guess he doesn't really go into specifics about that, not in this interview at least. But yeah, I did think like, you know, if Rob dies and she survives, then wouldn't you expect there to continue to be Caitlin POVs, right? Yeah, but she's, but she's sitting in a cell until she's married off or something. I don't know. So ransoms off. But there's, a, you know, the way that she loses her mind, right? Seeing, yes. seeing him killed. I would also think like, ah, well, I mean, she probably, I mean, even if she stayed alive, right? There would just be like, clearly like she snapped. There was just. Oh, yeah. She yeah. definitely snaps at the end. I mean, she's laughing. And even the characters there are like, she's lost her mind. Yeah. Let's take her out of her misery. Which, you know, I definitely think, like, as, as a mother, uh, I would think, yes, absolutely. Like, there's no way that you could you could mentally survive seeing that, right? 
But I would also think like, man, I bet these small folk are just watching their kids get killed in front of them all the time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, for me, it is kind of surprising that like we've reached this point and I realized like, oh, I guess that's a, that's her first that is the first time she's seen her child die, right? Like she's well, seen up a front, child. but I mean, that's the, she's basically lost everyone except for Sansa, who's true gone, like in the hands of the imp. She thinks everyone's dead. Everyone else, it's like the last blow. Okay. Do you think there's? Do you think there's any possible way they were planning to keep her alive, and then when she just went absolutely batshit oh, yeah. crazy, insane at the I, end, they were they, like, uh, "Just take, just put her out of her misery." Yeah, I think they even say that later. Like they, they were, they're planning to keep her alive, and then she went crazy and killed Jingle Bell. So I think the plan was to keep her alive. They say that later in the books. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's mentioned somewhere else. It's like, weren't you supposed to capture her alive? And then, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, it wasn't until rereading that I would think like, uh, I, I guess I kind of rushed through the chapter the first time I read the book. Um, and so my whole like takeaway was just like, ah, this wedding sounds like it sucks. Like not (laughs) like, you know, like, ah, the food sucks and this music, this music is terrible. Yeah. And it wasn't until reading it. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, just like the whole thing is like, oh, this music is so loud. It's bad. It's like so loud. It's so terrible. And I was just like. Yeah, sounds like he couldn't uh, afford good musicians or somebody is deaf because, <laughs> I mean. Well, do, do, yeah. are there real musicians up there or is it all just uh, exactly archers that can play a little bit? Right. And, and that's the thing that on a reread that you're just like, oh, well, of course, these guys aren't musicians. They're uh, soldiers, right? Yeah, exactly. But there's going to be someone because isn't the music is the music still playing while they're killing them or has the music stopped? Oh, it's still playing, I think. So. Some so of there's, them are in disguise. Walter, Walter Frey <laughs> made sure there were at least a few people who could keep it going when the fake guys get up and start yeah. shooting the crossbows and stuff. Yeah. Well, well it's, that, the music it's goes from both castles right. at the same time. I don't know if it's this chapter or the next. They mentioned the, the music's pounding out of both castles. Like, they've, they've synced it, so they play it in both. Mm. Can you imagine being the, like, uh, the soldier where, like, They've decided, like, nah, you're not really very good at, um, you know, the sword stuff. So why don't you stay on the drums while everybody else is <laughs> playing their part? Stay on the drums. Hey, the drums are very important. They keep the beat. Well, that's good. If you get caught by Stoneheart later, you can be like, I was just beating the drums. I yeah, I am. Uh, excuse me. I'm an actual musician. <laughs> Did you not hear me play this drum? <laughs> Even worse. Wow. Crazy. Well, there's there's a lot of detail in the chapter that leads up, like it's, it leads up to what happened. Like for example, Rosalyn is scared, right, the whole time, and then Caitlin thinks she's scared of the, you know, get the the bedding, but and the wedding, but it's not that. She kind of knows what's going to happen. She knows something bad is going to happen. Yep, absolutely. And Sir Mar- Ryman is drinking, like he's really nervous himself, and then some of the other guys drinking are trying to get the great John dr- drunk. That's like their job, yeah. <laughs> to get him drunk. Bruce Bolton gets up to take a piss. Yeah, and so does Simple. the other guy. Ryman goes as well. Like it's they're all they're all, they're all planning stuff, and, and so some of them are nervous. Yeah. It's funny because Bruce Bolton getting up. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was saying it's funny. I, I just it just kind of hit me like Bruce Bolton getting up to take a piss is sort of reminiscent of um, the Blackfish 
Uh, yes, yeah, so he he was completely just by chance. He just went to the privy by chance, and that's how he survived. <laughs> it was yeah. not part of <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, but it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then you also have, what, what was it, um, in which of the novellas gets up to take a piss? Or he's pissing in the, the, the woods? Pissing in the bushes, and he hears them? Never mind. <laughs> it's a character that's gay, and but I don't think he is. <laughs> no, no, no. The other guy, like you're right. So there's there's a there's a scene like that. I can't remember. I think it was the it must have been the second one then. Yeah. Yeah, or or the third. The third. Yeah, the third. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well then, uh, so Caitlin's feeling bad. Two dogs are fighting, and Grey Wind's not in there. Unfortunately, they kept him out. Yeah. That's another thing that leads up to it. Walder right. Frey, like that. Great Wind is not going to be anywhere near this. Mm. You know, scared of that, scared of that hound. Because Great Wind would have run up and just eaten Walder Frey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they've sent away all like the good Freys. Like they're like, where's Oliver? Where's the other ones? It's like, oh, they're away. Like, the people that wouldn't want, want to betray Rob have just been sent away. Yeah. Oh, is that what it is? Is everybody who's sent away is somebody who is loyal to him? Oh, she does make that point in here, doesn't she? Yeah. Yes. What that is, yes. Sorry, I'm a terrible reader, so thank you. <laughs> yes. I love, I think Small John is so badass when he like hucks the table over Rob. Uh. Yes, that's right. I mean, and, and what one of the things that really hit about the chapter is not just Rob and Caitlin, it's just the, the northern characters that you get to know and they're all like dying. That hits as well, right? That, oh, yeah, that, there's so many of them and it's so significant to the rest of the story. <laughs> It de- I mean, it's yeah, it's still having a huge effect in the north now. Dance dragons, people remember what's happening. There's still hostages, people being killed. But like, Daisy Mormont, I'm surprised they killed. You think they would have at least tried to take her alive? They just, they just axe her down. No, they don't care about anybody. Seems. But they do take some hostages. But it's just like, how do they? Did some by chance who they took? Great, great yeah, John do they? Survived. I mean, do we know who the hostages are? Great John is, is survived. Great John's supposed to be the, the the job was they had one job to get him drunk, and he still like killed all these people and they. They took him alive. Like they managed to wrestle him down eventually. Like ten. It's crazy that he killed a bunch of guys yeah. and they still took him alive. You'd think yeah, you think he's just... the one they would have killed, right? But they took him alive and they killed a lot of other people. But... Oh, I love the great John. We gonna see him again? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, the Umber's uh, sigil is a giant with broken chains, right? And he's chained now. He's captured, but he's gonna break them. Like he's gonna be. He's gonna. Be, he's gonna come back for sure. I love it. I like the way you think. Um, do you guys uh, think anything about the music choices? I mean, hmm. going back to how terrible uh, the music is, but just you know <laughs> the fact that George is continuing to discuss like what song is being played. Yeah, I was trying to see if there's what song like, they're a switching to. There. The main pattern is just great. John is singing over everything. He's just trying to karaoke <laughs> with a different <laughs> line. Karaoke with the wrong music. <laughs> well, well, I know the first song that she wasn't really sure. Uh, what it was, if it was Alison or the bear and the maiden fair. But then I see like, uh, she mentions the musicians are playing iron lances. Hmm. And then, um, after they've decided to do the betting, uh, the musicians begin to play. The queen took off her sandal. The king took off his crown. And so I thought like, Oh, the king took off his crown. I don't know if that was, uh, hmm. could be definitely. I mean, I think Walder Frey is the type of person that would, put a lot of thought into the different things being played. Like he, Everything he says, he's really careful here. His chapters. 
Mm. I suppose it wouldn't matter if the music was so bad you couldn't tell what song it was. But um, but did you guys notice also here that Caitlin was the first to draw blood? Yeah, I was like, why did I, I was? It's like she just slaps the guy out of nowhere. It's like, uh well, she's worried, right? So she she figures it out. Something bad's gonna happen. Was that the guy with the chainmail on? Yeah. First to draw blood. <laughs> well, what's interesting as well is I think we had this discussion a long time ago of whether Caitlyn actually had a full wedding or she just had a quick wedding, like a war wedding, and she had like the whole wedding ceremony. But she did. She remembers it here and like what happened and like people making jokes and stuff. And it's like this is, as she said, this can be a pretty intimidating custom for a lot of people to go through that. Yeah, I was just like, man, the first time I read this, like, oh, this girl's nervous. She is a. Uh, She's about to be stripped and mocked. And, ca- carried by the great John, like, over his shoulder yeah. and them all naked. Like, that's pretty. And then have sex yeah, with a man can, she barely knows. Yeah. Can you imagine, though, to just be like, that? there's that, which also sucks. But also, uh, while that's happening, a bunch of people are going to be murdered. Um, yeah. Yeah, even your. You're, I mean, what is he? Grandfather, father, Lord, Lord Walder. Yeah, it's like, hey, uh, do all the things you're gonna do, and we're gonna murder everyone he knows. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So go, so go sleep with it. It's like, oh Jesus. Yeah, well, chapter, she uh, ends up crying later. I mean, the, the, Edmure says that she's crying later. He didn't know why she's crying, but she knew, she knew what, what's happening out over here. He thought he was just, oh, maybe I'm too, too rough or something. Good lord. Oh, Edmure <laughs> thinks he's all that in a bag of chips, right? But she does care I for can... him. She does like him. She's, uh, I think she could be loyal. About her own betting, there's this comment here that I was like, oh, I guess Caitlin had some good titties. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. It was Dustin, I think. And then, then Dustin ends up dead. Too late. Oh, man. He wanted to be milk suck. He did want And then Caitlin wondering <laughs> how many of the men here tonight would be dead before the year was done. Too many, I fear. Oh, that's such a line. Nice. You know when you reread it. Ooh. That one hurts. Hurts. Okay, well, they do bed them, and then Rob's still staying behind. What would have happened if he'd gone with him? Would they have killed him like near there or waited until he came back? Probably just wait until he came back, right? Yeah, that was yeah, that was a question I had. It was like, what if, yeah, what if Rob had gone out? What if Caitlin had gone with the betting group? Like, what was what was their plan if that happened? I wonder if it'd just be easier to murder them in a group setting like that, you know, like a smaller group. Like, I mean, it still would have happened, I think right? They just they, they wait because, like, they're not going to stay there forever, right? They'll wait, listen for them a little bit, and then come back to, <laughs> to the hall. It's yeah, but then everybody like, would come back to the hall, and then you'd be firing arrows into a crowd of your people and their people. Not that I think Lord Walder cares all that much, but like, it'd be less, be harder to hit the target in a room full of people, right? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess they got pretty lucky, or maybe Lord Walder's smart enough to know that they weren't going to go. Yeah, that, one, it seems like kind of a gamble, though. One way or another, they were dead, and they were not going to get out. Like, the main gates were like filled with guards. I mean, when I was when I was re- reading this, I was just trying to think like, is there anything Rob could have done to avoid this? Not really, without knowing that this was going to happen. Like, let's say if you, if you were like transported into the this world, Kyle, like a couple. I hours was going to say like was, not. Bang Jane Westerling? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That would have been my answer, <laughs> well, too. You know? Kyle, Kyle uh, take one for the team. You'll, you'll go with Jane Westerling. <laughs> no, that's what, he, what Rob should have done. Is Okay, he took her honor. Well, then he needs to find her a good husband. And then Sir Kyle Condon can be 
sent to marry her. So then there you go. Yeah, Kyle Condon. <laughs> Kyle Condon is Kyle's new hero from this character. I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, but he's waiting on the banks for the mountain, so yeah. you know he wasn't there. Have y'all? Have you guys uh, heard that theory that like the red wedding, the whole thing was like? And I don't even know if this comes up later, but um, the whole thing might have just been a plot between um Blackwalder and the uh the Westerlings, like Spicers and Tywin Lannister, like oh, yeah. Jane as a honeypot, right? Oh, the honeypot part. No, that part I, I feel like I know the Westerlings definitely are in it, but I don't. I think Jane is not. I think Jane. Is, that's why she's pissed later. But you definitely the the mother is, like she's she's in. Well, but 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 what the key is though, Westerling and like the phrase were not working together. They they just were independently working for Tywin. She's like later on. She's like, why did uh, like the, her son get killed there? Like and they wouldn't have sent, They didn't know what was going to happen at the red wedding. They just knew that Robs were going to be killed at some point. Were taken out, so they were they were working with Taiwan, but not together. Hmm. But yeah, Taiwan is is the driving force for here. Like he he put and working with both Bolton and Frey, and and I think Bolton was necessary. Frey wouldn't have been able to do it on his own. I think he needed Bolton's men, and he was a bit cowardly to do it on his own. But that combination took them out. But I was just saying, if you there's how can you like let's say you, for some reason you knew this was going to happen, well I guess then you would just keep. Your army, like all around, like all around you. But then, if that happened, you would have just stormed the castle the second you got it. Like, there's, there's no way to predict this was going to happen. I think. Well, yeah, I don't know. That that's the question. Is that like you know this whole idea that like, and you know, and Tyrion later just completely disbelieving that Rob would break his vows, right, and hmm. put his campaign his his campaign in jeopardy just for like a girl that he met. And there's this idea that we know that the Westerlings are crafty, right? Yeah, I, I think the the mother is definitely in that or took advantage of that. But I think Jane herself, I, I think, had nothing to do with it. I think she just... Right, no, her, like, unwittingly or unknowingly, you know, being a honeypot, like, that that would have been set up by her mother, right? Because yes. the Westerlings aren't going to put themselves at, you know, at the mercy of Tywin Lannister. Yeah, Rob really needed... Daisy Mormon as a guard then. They should have had somebody guarding him in bed. He's basically like lying in bed and she shows up and, and all that exactly. happens. Like he needed somebody to <laughs> prevent that from happening. But, so at least in her least, own day in bed chamber. Yeah. Well, Rob, at least Rob in the books, is what he's trying to do is is preserve her honor. Like he's trying to balance her honor versus like his word. Whereas Rob in the show is just like, oh, whatever, I want to get married. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I definitely think there's a lot more room for nuance in the books, but you know, um, man. Speaking of Daisy Mormont, mm. that penultimate moment where uh, Caitlin is realizing that things are wrong, but that one in particular, it just made me sad because I was like, oh man, it was Daisy shooting her shot, and like, did not work out for her. She's mm. just, just a pretty cool character. The Mormons in general, and just to see her yeah. go down, like. A lot of the, and the small John just gets chopped down, and it's just like the Boltons come in. It's just it's really brutal. Like it's, it, but of course the music is significant because the last song that they play is the Reigns of Castamere. Yes. Now is it is it only the Boltons that come in, or is, is there? The phrase come in first, and then the Boltons come in after. And sorry, sorry, I mean, are the are the Boltons the only Northmen that oh, come? Oh, Carstarks, they... I think, are probably involved too like they just follow what the Boltons say there i think okay that's that's the whole point like uh, uh, Roos 
kept Kyle Condon away with all those forces. He didn't want them there either, right? If Kyle Condon was there, he might have run. Oh, fuck Kyle Condon was there. Shit wasn't wasn't happening. (laughs) Had to keep him away. Rob's living. Walder's dying. Caitlin's living. I mean, come on. This is Kyle Condon we're talking about. Then they, uh, I mean, but there was no uh, hope for Rob, I think, at this point. Like, uh, Caitlin's begging for his life, but they're, they're, in, they're in, right? they got to finish it up. He's not going like, to let Rob go. Right? Do you think Walder cares enough about any of his family? So, if, 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 Do you think there was anybody else Caitlin could have grabbed that would have made of, maybe made him... Yeah, uh... Walder free. <laughs> <laughs> Just himself, Just huh? himself, yeah. Okay, I believe that, actually. He, uh, like, that's the one guy. But even then, like, there's no way that he's sick. To, his, his word is shit now. That's the whole point. It is, I mean, and this question comes up later when, when Tywin and Tyrion are talking about the Red Wedding and the fact that they murdered something. Like, this is, they, they reached the guest right in doing so. And, and, and Tywin's like, well, well, tell me how, like, it's noble to, you know, like, it was better just to fight them in war than to kill, like, these guys. But first of all, they killed a lot of people here. And second, they ruined their word. And not only that, they... By destabilizing things like guest right and negotiation, it means people can never trust each other and they will never even negotiate wars. So they'll just fight to the bloody end. And in the long run, you actually do a lot more damage. Oh, yeah. Like that. A lot of damage by breaking the hospitality laws. Absolutely. And they are paying for it. The phrase are now paying for it. Uh, people remember. North remembers, right? Cool. Stoneheart's the hospitality uh, demon of vengeance. Yeah. And then Jamie <laughs> should have just kept, kept his mouth shut because when Bolton comes in and says Jamie announces in his regards well, if he hadn't said that he, he wouldn't have said that not now that pisses off Caitlin right uh, well I mean also him stabbing Rob through the heart pissed her off a little bit yeah but the, but the fact that he then says Jamie Lannister sends his regards that, that has effects for Jamie's do you, theater do you, do you even think like Caitlin comprehended that in the moment yeah I think so I mean I think she, that, that's one of the reasons she really wants Jamie. I mean, she probably wanted him dead anyway, but it didn't help him. It doesn't really hurt. I mean, <laughs> nothing really came of it. She died immediately after. Yeah, but then she became Stoneheart, right? I'm just saying, in, in the long oh, run, yes, it, yes, it, yes, it, yes, hurt, yes. it hurt. Uh, it hurt Jamie that, that he said that line. Yes. Poor Jamie. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, poor Jamie. I mean, his reputation is. It was already shit. Really but... preceding him in a lot of ways, man. <laughs> that's right. Uh, well, that's a lot right, of times it's the last. Over. That's right, because the last we saw uh, 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 Brienne was getting Jamie at the Penny Tree, right, and bringing her, bringing him somewhere. Yeah, and he's disappeared. It looks like Jamie's disappeared. But if if he was dead, though, I think we would have found his body by now. So I don't think he's dead. They, they would have hung put his body up, and someone would have found it by now. So maybe, yeah, we shall see. I think we might learn something about that in the next book. Yeah. I had a dream the other day where that Winds of Winter was coming out. <laughs> well, George said not this year, didn't he? I know, I know but it was, like, it, was, and it was like coming out in like this year. But, uh, but that, I mean, it's just a dream, obviously. It's not going to happen. But... <laughs> <laughs> this is a green dream I just remember, and it was awesome. I, I remember pulling out the book, and I was like flipping through it, and I saw it. <laughs> and you were like, this is great. <laughs> yeah. And it was like I don't remember like the details, but it was asking those kind of questions. It was like, "What happened?" Except it looked it looked a lot like uh, uh, Dance of Dragons. Like it was white and had like the same cover, but it was said Winds of Winter. <laughs> oh, dreams! <laughs> I was just gonna say, why doesn't she name Bruce Bolton in this? No, just oh, like you mean actually say Bruce Bolton stepped up? Well, it's just kind of a yeah. descriptive kind of writing. I don't know. It's it's make people guess who it is. Oh. It's him. 
But that's what I thought was weird because I'm like, well, you know, you know him, like you know what he looks like. So well, maybe he has his helmet on or something. You're right. Maybe, maybe ah. it's not obvious who he is, but then the reader will be able to determine. Like yeah, you could have like Bruce Bolton seems the type of guy who would wear a full helmet. He's not going to risk yeah, that, something like that, flying in off the visor. Got all leeches, leeches in his helmet and shit. Yeah. Um, well, I I thought it would be wild that Walter Frey's just sitting there watching this whole thing. I would be like, ugh, wouldn't you at least yeah. like be hiding behind something? Because there's crossbows going here. Hell no, he's probably got like a hard on watching all this shit. <laughs> well, actually, uh, that's a line I forgot to mention from the last chapter where where the the knight says, "There's nothing like an old fool, or nothing as sad as an old fool," and that's basically Walter Frey here. He thinks he's like, oh hitting this big thing and getting revenge, but he's actually dooming his family. Like this is this is the first step at the end of his family. You can see they're they're falling apart, no one's supporting them and no one trusts them. So he's actually an old fool. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I really was wishing, even on the reread, that I'm like, yes, kill Walder Frey. <laughs> but poor Jingle Bell. Yeah, that was I mean that wasn't I mean she's crazy. Obviously that's the wrong thing to do, but she's gone crazy. So, so why couldn't she get to Frey? She's got a bolt on her back. Like she's oh. barely, she's like crawling. Like she, I think she got close. Somebody would have stopped her. Yeah. Yeah, I'm assuming she took a bolt in the back. That's what the pain in the back is referring to, right? Yeah. Okay. Because they never like, actually mentioned she had one in her. Yeah, they she just gets say like a punch to the back. Like that's yeah, like she, she gets a hit in the back with something. She doesn't even. They don't even talk about what it is. Yeah, she's what, at this point. She's already she's got the taste of blood in her mouth, right? Like, so she's yes. So if you yeah. were found in this room, I guess that's, that's what he should have done. If, if Carl Condon was there, he would have <laughs> he would have sprinted right at Walter Frey, jumped out there, grabbed them, and then said, "Make your men drop their swords." <laughs> Although oh, yeah. I, I don't think the men would do that though. Bolton be like, "Whatever." <laughs> we'll just yeah. But I mean, uh, Kyle Condon also would have had a plan while at the same time saving everyone outside too. So you yeah. know, it's just. He would have figured it out. He would have had like a giant. Uh, he would have smuggled a napalm inside the inside the thing and <laughs> blew up the tower. Or <laughs> he would have. He would have planned something. God, it's better than Batman. <laughs> I love it. Okay, is there anything else in the chapter? I think I. Um, well, we also get. Uh, is this the first time we uh, we learn about uh, Fat Walda's origin story here? <laughs> yeah, like our whole our romantic story. It's like. They promise her weight in silver, so he chooses her. She chooses out. the large, the large yeah. sister. Yeah. Rob's last words are "Grey Wind." Didn't realize that. Mm. Well, he might have uh, been slipping into Grey Winds. That's the idea, like transferring right. to Grey Wind and then dying right there, right after. Oh, do you think he went into Grey Wind? Yeah, why not? It definitely. <laughs> It's, it, 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 I think it's more likely than not, right? He has a connection with Grey Wind, and he's dying, and his mind is reaching out to him, and maybe yeah, he jumps. In. If Grey Wind is still, still alive at the same time, maybe Grey Wind dies first. I'm not sure. Like, but it could happen. He goes right into Grey Wind, and then he gets killed again. Yeah. And I thought it was notable that at the end, uh, she's tearing her face off. Um, which, I mean, my my ability to identify with her at the end of this chapter, I think has changed significantly over the years. And I thought like, well, yeah, that seems like the only thing to do. Um, but as she is tearing her face off, I guess, uh, this comment, the white tears and the red ones ran together mm. like a weirwood. Oh, and that is what that made me think of. Yeah. Good point. And she 
I mean, she has that kind of... Although, I mean, it's R'hllor, apparently, that she has, the R'hllor magic she has a connection with, but I'm sure... Well, not sure, but maybe there is a bit of... I don't know. Somehow the, the werewolves are <laughs> going to be involved. Yeah. So Bran can't be watching this, right? No, I, no I don't think in... Uh, the, well, it's hard to say. Uh, let's put it at that. Like, I, I think he, okay. could, he, he can initially, but maybe eventually. Maybe eventually. I don't know. Gotcha. So do you guys know uh, what the Red Wedding is based off? What real events? It's based off a, a Scottish wedding or a Scottish event, right? Yeah, I'm looking at... Uh, let me read this this other answer George gave in this EW interview. Wedding, when, they, when they asked him about the Red Wedding, uh, is it based on history too? And he said, the Red Wedding is based on a couple real events from Scottish history. One was the case called the Black Dinner. The King of Scotland was fighting the Black Douglas clan. He reached out to make peace. He offered the young Earl of Douglas safe passage. He came to Edinburgh Castle and had a great feast. Then at the end of the feast, the king's men started pounding on a single drum. They brought out a covered plate and put it in front of the Earl and revealed it as the head of a black boar, the symbol of death. As soon as he saw it, he knew what it meant. They dragged them out and put them to death in the courtyard. The larger instance was the Glencoe Massacre, Clan MacDonald, stayed with the Campbell clan overnight, and the laws of hospitality supposedly applied. But the Campbells arose and started butchering every McDonald they could get their hands on. No matter how, mu- oh, no matter how much I make up, there's stuff in history that's just as bad or worse. Mm. So a couple different events there. Yeah. And when you think about it like that, he's like, oh, they started pounding on a single drum, and they did this, and there's so many instances of, like, oh, yeah, well, they just took it right from there. <laughs> Man. But um gosh, even just in the last last bit here, just when she's thinking like not my hair, Ned loves my hair. You know it's grim, but I keep thinking like I suppose when anyone dies, uh their last thoughts are probably something like not absolutely my hair. like No, but I, I do wonder about that. I know that is uh, morose, but Ian's been listening to a lot of uh murder podcasts and documentaries. And um, and I do think about the the last thoughts things a lot because I, I just kind of wonder how much exposition we've had to other characters where where we get that kind of like to the very end, you know, narrative. Mm. And uh, just the bite is red and cold. Ugh, it's brilliant writing. It's good stuff. Upsetting, but brilliant writing. So. So I think moving on. Yeah, I'm looking at the Tower of the Hand and see if there's anything we missed. Looks like we've got everything. So let's move on. So Aria 11, also not a John chapter. Um, Aria and Sandor are nearly at the gates of the twins when they suddenly open to let out a large group of frays. They knock down the three feast tents and set them alight and then begin doing the same to the other tents as well. Three men come at Sandor who mounts Stranger. Two come at him while the other heads for Arya. She throws a rock at him and runs around the wagon until Sandor returns from killing the other two. He kills he kills him with an axe to the back of the head. Arya wants to run to her mother in the castle, but Sandor says she must already be dead. She runs. Uh, Arya runs away, and Sandor rides her down and hits her in the head with his axe. And I don't know about you guys, but when I first read this, I thought Sandor had killed Arya too. 
Yes. <laughs> I didn't so actually. I like, like I, I thought it was. I don't know. It seemed odd that he would have just killed her for no reason. But I think most people <laughs> did, did, did think that, he, especially after having a wedding where everyone's dying, that's the natural thing. I, but I, I feel like I didn't think so. I, I thought it was a cliffhanger type thing. Just to get you to now watch the next episode on Netflix. Yeah. Most people, I think, definitely thought that she was dead. Yeah. The way it's described, right? I thought so. But this is crazy. We just see them burning tents full of drunken Northmen. Oof. Like, can you imagine? Like, I don't know if I really thought about it when I first read it, but like I was rereading it today and I was just like, can you imagine just like a giant tent falling down and covering, you know, hundreds, thousands of people and then just being set on fire and just being stuck under there? <sighs> oh, boo. Awful. Awful. <laughs> this is grim. These chapters are grim. Yeah. I mean, all the chapters of all of these damn books are grim, but. <laughs> this in particular is so sad because you know it's coming for Arya. Yeah, oh, she, she hears a wolf howling too, which is great. When although then she's like, maybe she didn't hear it. So I guess she's using her warging scent or something, or like sense or something. I don't know, but like that's definitely great when that's dying, basically. Mm. And uh, she has to decide what. Like she for a moment she says like, who should I throw the rock at? Should I throw it at the hound? One of these guys, and then decides to help him. The river is overflowing. Whenever they say that, I just picture like the whole land flooded, but I, mm. it's just just a little higher than normal. Is that the is that f- from the tears from the red wedding? Is that why it's raining so hard? Hmm. Well, they definitely got them uh, really drunk. That's part of the plan, right? To give them a lot of mm. oh yeah, they're all wasted. And I mean, we yeah. we hear that in the last chapter in yes. in Caitlin's chapter, like. The food was a little sketchy and stuff, but the, the, the booze was just flowing nonstop. Yes. Um, I feel like open so bars at weddings took kind of a different vibe after <laughs> yeah. everybody watched the red <laughs> wedding thing. <laughs> is, uh... Well, the music is playing from both castles. That's the part. It's like it's blasting from both the same songs from both castles. Why? That's such a thing Wald- Walder would do is just give yeah. everybody... Waste money on terrible food. <laughs> I mean, not waste money on good food at the wedding. Give them terrible food and get them drunk. But uh, I'm sorry, you were asking why there's music playing from both towers? Yes. Uh, maybe the other tower is for the people on that bank, like the people down in the tents and stuff to entertain mm-hmm. them. Yeah, there was no reason really to play it both. I actually just wanted to play it both for the people that were playing over there. It's just it's a completionist. They wanted the song to be played out of both. Yeah. Now, can you imagine the planning that went into this? Like, yeah. How do you synchronize playing of both, or do you wait till you start hearing it in one, like <laughs> blasting, and then you start playing at the, at the other one? Like, can it be heard? <laughs> they, have a te- they have a giant telephone line going from one, like one of those cans to the can, <laughs> can on each end. Yes. Well, not that we spent a lot of time on that Aria chapter, but it was short. Like yeah. I said. There's not much to be said. It just uh, you see the aftermath of the. Of, of Red Wedding, like the troops getting killed, and Arya not really the aftermath. This is the Red Wedding. Yeah, right. The second blow, like one was killing all the nobles, I guess the other tower, right? Yeah. Killing the armies. Killing well, it's basically guys. happening at the same time. I mean, Bob's yes. men are dying while he's dying. Yes, exactly. Ugh, yeah. oh, can you imagine? But can you imagine if Arya had gotten there earlier? Would have been worse, right? She would have yeah. been either dead or captured. Can you imagine Caitlin and and Arya and Rob like meeting? Be like, yay, and then oh. getting shot. 
Yeah. Can't. Can't even. Yeah. So that was a really fun reread, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Arya's like, trying to run to the castle while the before it closes up, right? Yeah. Is that what's happening? Yeah, the gate's coming down, or he wants to get in, and then which was a mistake. So the hound saves his life. Yeah. That would have not been good. The only the <laughs> only line here in, in Tower Hand says that one of the people they kill is Sir Titus Frey. So they've killed. I think. I think. I guess he's a, a son or grandson of grandson of Walder Frey. So they took him out. Take him out. Take him out, boys. Take him down. <laughs> do, do your thing. <laughs> oh, well, there we are. The Red Wedding. Jeesh. We haven't even gotten into the wolf head yet. My God. Oh, yeah. Jeez. God, Walter Frey's such a piece of shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's so, my God. Ugh. Yeah, but Who things- plays him in the show? Uh, the guy from the janitor from Harry Potter. That's what I thought. I was like, it looks like Filch. Yep. Filch. He's done a few other things. He's pretty good. I'm trying to think of there was something I saw him in that he played like a, a kind of a fun guy. I can't remember, <laughs> I can't remember what it was now. <laughs> Man, that red wedding, like, you know, and it's something too that I think reading it and maybe even just probably not on my first read of it, but subsequent rereads it's one of those things where you're just like oh god there have been all these like visions and dreams and you know the house of the undying like there's been so many clues all along the way yeah not in this book but from the very beginning right and it is that kind of realness that you know on that first read it feels like george you've lost your fucking mind you've lost your mind what are you doing uh this is a crazy twist and then realizing like, no, that wasn't a twist. It was always set up like this. It was always supposed to be like this. Yep. Mm. He knew. He knew. Like he, like he said in that question, he's like, I knew almost from the beginning. Oof. This is a final thing I sent you, some of the artwork from these chapters. Oh. I don't know if you got the link. There's, there's, three, there's like three different drawings of the Red Wedding chapter. for the Oh, boy. Salt pork delivery? That's Story checks before. out. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Awesome. I feel like these uh, drawings have gotten a lot better than when I participated in the <laughs> Some past. Some of them are very good. Yeah, I mean, and there's only like two or three chapters left in in the third book. If we can somehow get the people <laughs> to finish it, we can finally get that third <laughs> you one out. Say that, just, you, you're saying that to me. I, know, <laughs> no, 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 no. I already gave up all your chapters already. I, like, I gave up on trying to get you guys to do it. I've like posted I'm like, somebody <laughs> draw these chapters. If you did, just did draw these last few chapters. I don't think I did, right? I don't know. If you want to like, check the form and take one, if we can just get it done, then we can send the third one to Martin. He'll complete his collection. He's got the first two, right? <laughs> Give him another coaster. Yeah. Oh, I forgot <laughs> that I had drawn out Walter Frey like Hugh Hefner. <laughs> oh, God. This is so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure at this point, George is like, I don't need any more of these. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, why I does Mike what he did with him? Like, I mean, you, so Kyle, you gave him the first one years earlier, and then Mimi, you gave him the second, right? The, yes. At Comic Con. Like, do you think he was flipping through it in the airplane on the way home? Like, what do you think? Oh, he, he was flipping through it when I gave it, handed hmm. it to him. Do so, uh, you think it's somewhere in his collection? An actual he's, artist. Because uh, he has all of, like the stuff. Like, if you've seen like the interviews at his house, he's got like all these like you know little night figures and cookbooks and everything. You think our Brooks is just sitting there? Oh yeah. Himself? If you're asking me, do you think that our MS Paint drawings have made it in with his uh, collection of significant memorabilia? 
I'm going to say no. <laughs> well, why would I throw it out? Like, it's good. He, he probably put it in there. It's just sitting there, like, in one of the bookshelves. Oof. I don't, I don't think he's thrown it out, but also I would think, like, if I were George R. R. Martin, I wouldn't want people to go through my things later in life and be like, why did he have this? <laughs> I don't know. Well, we got to get the, the third one done, and then we'll send it off to him. We'll mail him to him. For his birthday or something. Or... It was a terrible way to honor his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... I know we do. We do have to finish it up. Yeah. Cool. So next time we are going to be hopefully reading some more fun chapters. Yeah. Yeah. So next time we'll do Tyrion and Davos. Next time and on a podcast of Ice and Fire. Next time. <laughs> next year when I reappear on the podcast of Ice and Fire. Um, be another Aria chapter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but hopefully next week's uh next week that is very optimistic no. <laughs> next month's podcast yes. uh will be our 10-year anniversary show so if somebody knows where ashley is yes somebody please get, find her. <laughs> get her to answer those emails please yeah <laughs> i'm gonna see her in april and may but uh before then i don't know she's gonna be at ice and fire con and then uh, another convention but she'll respond at some point well um how do you guys finish up podcast episodes these days thank you for listening to this episode <laughs> of a podcast of ice and fire uh make sure to follow along with us on twitter or facebook at a podcast of ice and fire uh jump on the forums start chat art as well uh, d- okay yes apoif <laughs> <laughs> on deviantart i love it and we will see you guys next time. See you next time. Have a good night, y'all. Cool. The, that was fun. Try not to have nightmares about the Red Wedding after <laughs> reading those details. I am going to go kiss my baby, though. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, he is so fun at this age right now. And I was just thinking today, I was like, man, I bet James is going to be done with these books uh, by the time Wins comes out because he's just progressing at light speed. And I also have no idea if George is any closer to finishing the book. He said not this year because he's got something else coming out. He's got like more Targaryen stuff coming out or something. Yeah, but that's not what's what's slowing him on this thing. But he he just kind of said read that while he <laughs> you wait. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's either he has a lot of it and it's really close, or he's in denial. So I don't. I, I, it's I don't hard know. to predict. With how shitty they've been writing the last seasons of the show, I'm just like, oh yeah, I'll wait for these books. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Take your time. I'm write happy a good the show story. is delayed. So. <laughs> Yeah. You haven't you haven't been loving the show, Kyle? Oh my god! As soon as they got past the published works, uh, the oh, show yeah. took a huge nosedive. The writing just got friggin' awful, and yeah. stories got nonsensical, and characters were making decisions that didn't make sense at all. Um, it's gotten really bad. Wow! I never thought I'd hear you say that. I know that you have been a a big proponent, not necessarily of the show, but of being able to kind of keep them separate as two different things. You know? 
and well, uh, keep them separate. But then the, the separate thing sucks. So what are you, you going to do? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, it just has nothing to be like, oh, because the, they, they changed from the book. It's like, this is just imagine if you hadn't even read the books and you watched the thing. People are getting disappointed with it. And then they come to me and they're like, what the hell happened? Like, what's, and I'm like, I'm not defending the show. I'll throw it under the bus. <laughs> I have nothing to, to protect there. Like, yeah. Yeah, I've been telling the, all of y'all. Yeah, you quit before it was cool, though. <laughs> what have, what have I been saying since the first time Danny lost her dragons in season two or whatever? <laughs> I don't even know if I if I even finish season two, but I do. I did feel like you know you've got excellent source material, but I was curious to see you know at what point they were choosing to to take detours from the source material. I mean, a lot too, right? Even before it ran out. Yeah, but at least they had the source material to sort of keep them like reined in a bit, kind of contained yeah. or focused, I guess. You could change things with characters or whatever, uh-huh. but you still had that overlying thing to follow. But then it's like Martin's giving you some endpoints, but that's it. It's like, okay, well, it's just too much to handle. And I mean, just be honest about it. Like, this is a very difficult job they have to do in terms of just times and like hours of the day. And like, they're, they're burned out, I think. Like, they said they wanted to get to the Red Wedding and then to go years yeah. and years after that like you probably just want to be over with it's funny because george took so long to figure out like the marinese not yeah. right and uh the show's just like fuck it people are teleporting everywhere they can get anywhere they want in any amount of time it's yeah that's it's right <laughs> they literally like, have how, like how do i time all of this and they're like timing who gives a shit about time <laughs> who gives a shit about that <laughs> Nobody cares about travel time. Well, uh, let's be, I don't know. Let me be devil's advocate here in, on the sense that, like, okay, first of all, overall, I don't care if George takes forever to do the books, do whatever. But on the other hand, if you're just going to grind over and over and over on, on just certain timing issues, is that what's holding it up? Like, because maybe you, you do lower your standards slightly on that point. Don't. I mean, then it wouldn't be George. Then it wouldn't be the kind of careful crafting. Yeah, but the, here's, here's the thing. I mean, I've, I've spent a lot of time not only reading these books, but I know a lot about George. I could be like a George historian. Like I've read all his other works. This is a pattern that George falls into with a lot of his works. He does really good work, and then he kind of just like grinds and doesn't want to do the next one. He wants to move on to something else. And in fact, he probably if he moved on to like back to science fiction or did something, he probably would be pumping out books like like crazy, more Haviland tough or whatever. But he's just yeah. That's why I was like, I want more tough voyaging. Yeah, and he probably would do it. He's probably just stuck on these works, and this has happened a couple times with other works in the past, and then he just moved on. To the yeah. next thing and then he's produced more brilliance so it's like well if you just if you're just if you're talking about his legacy this is, is his magnum opus on the other hand he he's a genius and he can do other work as well but does he want to just move on and go back to science fiction like or do something else that he can just enjoy like if this is being such a pain or maybe yeah. he, really, he wants to finish it i don't know well that's and the pressure is immense right because if it was just the books and game of thrones had never been a thing uh if only yeah. um then you know, maybe it would have it would have been okay. He could have switched gears and come back. You yeah. know, and if you know, in some yeah. time. But now there's just an enormous amount of pressure, and now that, that's kind of what I, what I was wondering when you said that there was going to be another um, Targaryen thing. I thought, like, I wonder if he's kind of doing that. You know, as yeah. a stress relief to write it. It's, it, it yes, right. his time is being taken up. But imagine this: imagine if he suddenly it was something he was he wanted to write about. I think or wasn't stuck at. I think he would still be pumping it out. Like he would just let's say he went back to Avalon Tough and he had something to write about. He, Pump it out in six months. It would come out like a right. massive book. I think that would happen. I think he's just stuck. He's in writer's block. It doesn't matter. Imagine if he dropped everything he was doing. He probably still couldn't be able to do it because he's stuck in writer's block. I think that's the key. And I've been there. People have been there. Like, how, how can you solve that? I don't know. 
How's that? And the frustrating thing is when you think about it, I'm just like, man, writing like this, this thing, it's creative. It's a process. And it's not like, it's not like a lot of other, I mean, it's just like rushing an artist, right? I know people would think the term rushing is a little kind given the current timeline of things, but I'm thinking like, there's not, there's not an easier way to go through it. Like, I mean, he has to create this stuff and if he can, he can, you know, if he, if he's stuck or it's not about time, it's not about like, Oh, he's had all this time or he should focus his time. I'm just like, if he can't create it or if he is, you know, stuck somewhere, then I don't know what more you could want. Just imagine, let's say the last three years, he basically, let's say like he had written nothing and he was stuck, but we don't know. Well, maybe if he had spent three years writing Haviland Top or something else, and then that would free up his mind and come back and fix the problem. Like, I, I don't think it's just a matter of time. I think, at least is my mm-hmm. own personal view, and from the way it's going, it's something stuck worse than Mirini's not. So I don't know. Like, I don't know if that Agreed. could be, it, how that could you, be solved. But if it, you got a writer's block or it's, you're yeah, just not it, feeling people, it, like, people you're think not feeling it. People, yeah, people, they, they think it's just too simple that they're like, oh, he's filling his time with other stuff. No, that's that's the symptom of something deeper. Like, it's not that he's filling his time; he doesn't have time to do it. it it's it's different. Like, if you if you have a report, if you have to, or if the, if you have fresh time, pressures, and also money, that kind of forces you to, to do something. But he's so famous and so good, he doesn't have to put out the next book, right? He's comfortable; he doesn't have to do it, and he doesn't want to put out a bad one. So then he right. kind of, I don't know. Like, if you asked me like ten years ago. How long has it been since since the dance? Ten right? years. Ten years. It hasn't been ten years though since the since the the last book came out. Oh no no that was 2011 yeah. so it's been seven, all, seven years this yeah. summer. Like if he said like it, 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 he was there and he's like I don't know if I want to finish this thing I'm like okay why don't you go to that Avalon book you're talking about I'd read that do other work you're a genius and you're just gonna grind over and over on this book like I'll read your other work. Right. I mean, I, and I know that all his fans really feel that way because we don't really want, yeah, you know, we don't want the quality compromised. I think they want really? the next Ice and Fire book. Yeah, most people want the next Ice and Fire, but I'm broader than that. I'm beyond, I like Ice and Fire, but like, I just want to, I want to read more George stuff. As long as it's not well, wild cards. I just want George <laughs> to be happy. Yeah. I want um, to be happy. But no, I mean, like when we were waiting for dance, I felt that weight more keenly than anything in my life. And then dance came out and I hated it. Um, well, no, I don't. I didn't hate it. I think it was just one of those things where, like, okay, I get it. Like, I get it. It's going to be a long wait for the next one. And with dance, I mean, that wait was compounded by the fact that he supposedly had already written most of it, you know, or at least half of it by the time that Feast came out. Yeah, that, but, that, that's a really – that's the point. We are coming from perspective – I want George to be happy too. He's, he's provided so much joy for us. I want him to do what he wants. Like, so many people are selfish and they're like, oh, I just want the next story. He's going to die and I produce it. I'm like, no. Uh, if, if you worry about him dying, it's because I worry about his legacy and, and I like him and I want him to do what he wants to do, right? Like, I want him to be remembered positively. I want him to finish his work if he wants, that's what he's going to do. But if he said, if he came out and he's like, oh, I just, I just I don't want to finish this. I want to write other stuff. I'd be like, good, write other stuff, right? Do whatever you want, George. Right. I want you to be happy. So that's the perspective we're going on it is for his own benefit, do what he wants to do, not for our own, like, I want the next book. But if he dies, that's just selfish bullshit for people. Oh, God, I hope people aren't still talking like that. That is so depressing. They were doing that shit ages ago, and it's still, like, now his, I guess, his readership has become a lot wider and more diverse. Remember when we had the dinner with him, and he Mm -hmm. mentioned, like, he was, like, he wanted to go to China one time. You remember that, right? And then he was like, yeah. and then, then, but then, like, they were like, oh, if you go to China, you have to go to Korea, and then you have to go to Japan, and it wasn't going to work timing wise. And I feel like he said he'd never been to China before, right? 
Like I think, and then I think that's, yeah, that's I feel like you said that. Yeah. I'm, you, I'm sure because I feel like I said, yeah, yeah. Uh, take me with you, yeah, please. You offered to be a tour guide. <laughs> and that would have been pretty cool. Like, I mean, it could have happened, but like this, George is a millionaire now and he can't even just go to China and go see something he's never seen in his life because he's stuck working on these books. I'd rather he, if he wants to stop writing the books and go see China. Well then he should be able to do that. Like he's a millionaire and he can't go, go to China because he's bound to these books. Oh, that sucks. Can you just imagine not being able to live your best life because you're like this monkey on his back? I mean, I know, yeah. I know it's his legacy and I know it's an amazing, it's an amazing body of work, but also just, you know, he is trapped by it. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, George, I don't think you're listening to this, but <laughs> we here at the podcast yeah. of Ice and Fire, a smooth decade later, still... Yeah. Just want you to be living your you best got, life. You got your back. You do what you want to do. If you want to keep writing the books, do it. If you want to quit it, we'll, we're, the three of us will still back you. We'll be there. We'll, we'll Kyle Condon. We'll charge him. <laughs> Hold the rear guard. Okay, we are going to convert. We're going to regroup. We're going to be a podcast of tough voyaging. Yes. And uh, <laughs> Amina and I are ready. We're ready to. Yes. As long as you don't write wild cards, don't don't quit and go to wild cards. That's, that, that, <laughs> because that that, that well, George is in the one of twenty people writing. I don't want to read one twenty of George. You can pair with somebody and, and do like. Windhaven be one and a half, George, but I don't want to have like... we have we made it through a single podcast episode without hating on wild cards? I'm <laughs> curious. And actually wild cards overall though, the the concept of wild cards is pretty cool. It's just like this disease causes a lot of people uh, to get like superpowers, some are evil and some cool. Right? So it's just that George is such a small fraction if you look at like how many writers there are, they just don't see the George you don't get George. Not so it might not be bad, it's just something else, right? It's just not George when he's just a fraction of it. <laughs> Anyway, um, so yeah, good podcast episode. <laughs> yeah. Cool. It was nice good to talking with you guys again. Yeah. yeah, it was good to hear from you. Sunday good nights talk. actually work out pretty well for me if they work for you guys too. So let me know. Yeah, and I'll, I'll know we'll do one. a little earlier too. That's just later. Like, so it should be good. It won't be as late. So. Yeah, I'm about to be dead right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be able to start an hour earlier and then do an hour max. Very good. Sounds good. Cool. All right. Have a good night, y'all. Good night. Have a good night. Send me a copy of your. your I mean, I want to talk to you sure. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Wait, about me? Uh, no, about a uh, show show spoiler. Oh, okay. All right, bye. Bye. But send me your uh, record later, maybe. Yeah. Bye. Bye, Mimi. You got me? Is she out of there? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. how I feel about it. I mean, if, if if George wants to stop writing, that's up to him, right? Like, I'll, I'll support him. I'm not demanding that he, that he do this if he's not... Uh, but if anybody wants to keep writing, then I got him, too. I'll support him. I'm with, I'm with you there, too, like... Obviously, I want these books, but, uh, you know, George, live your life. <laughs> live yeah. your good life. And uh, don't force it. Just let it come. Yeah. All right, man. Cool. I will talk to you later. Yeah, have a good night. Cheers. You. Okay, hey. I'm exhausted though. Oh, sorry, I'm late too. Just oh sorry. no, it's fine. It's uh, my fault for staying out all night last night. But mm. I'm officially an old person because I'm like, <laughs> it's Sunday. 
I should be asleep by nine. <laughs> and and I see Amin is bringing three chapters on us. Yeah, mm. but two of them are really short. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm dialing call here. Let's see if the uh, call failed. Uh oh. See, don't worry. I don't. I don't want a long episode either. I mean, I think we'll be fine. We'll power to it. Uh, <laughs> at this point, we're just getting through the book. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wait, who showed up to bash the show? I wasn't I, invited to this. <laughs> oh, you would have, but then you would be spoiled because he had to go. He went through, like, he was an articulate chase. He was like a more, like, he's an advanced level chase. <laughs> be good at, at uh, showing why the show went wrong. I'd like to have another episode where we just do a chapter reread to kind of counterbalance that. And we release it. <laughs> yeah, Kyle's eternal optimism in here. Yeah. Don't talk about that damn show at all. <laughs> well, Kyle's responding. Hey. When was the last episode you guys released? Uh, so there's one that I'm still editing. So 226 was okay. in January, and 227 is being edited. So mid-January. Oh, okay. So this is 228. Yes. A new call. Do you want to just try doing it again? Yeah. Why don't you start a new call? Oh wait, is he here? Okay. Yeah. Hi, I'm here. Hello. Dude, this new Skype is terrible. Like <laughs> I was, all I could hear was the phone ringing, and there was no button to pick it up. Uh oh. I had to click on like five different screens before I finally found the. <laughs> The pickup button. You should title this uh, episode Senior Citizens, I mean, because the first thing I did when I got on this call was complain about how it's 9 p.m. and it's my bedtime. And Kyle's like, I can't figure out how to answer a Skype call all of a sudden. I'm 100. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And now there is nothing on the screen. What is up? Hello, Mimi. Good Hi. to hear from you. Long time to talk, buddy. Is your puppy okay? Yes. Oh my God, this bitch. So <laughs> let me tell you, and I tell Ian, I'm like, Hey Ian, it's going to be a quiet night. You know, three of the girls are going to come over. And of course Ian knows what that means because like, you know, an hour into four <laughs> bottles of wine and we're like, we're going to go out, we're going to go out. So I'm blow, I'm blow drying. Uh, we're washing like, like Sarah's hair and I'm blow drying the bathroom. And the other two girls were like, we didn't bring shoes. Uh, so we have to go out and buy shoes at Target so we have, like, heels yeah. to go out in. And so they left my house, and then, like, 30 minutes after doing Sarah's hair, I mean, we come out of the bathroom, and I realize my front door is open. And I have, like, a, I have an electronic deadbolt, so it's not one that, you know, like, when you close the door, you have to make sure it latches, uh, and then the electronic bolt comes down after 60 seconds. But so it's the most panicked I've ever been because Momo's made a break for it so many times uh, because she, she's a bitch. She just thinks it's so fun to run away. but. But every time, you know, I've like, we've been able to see her running out and Ian will run after her. So you at least know what direction she's gone in and she doesn't get that much of a head start. But like this experience of like realizing that she's just left the house like at least 30 minutes ago, you know? Oh, man. Horrible. So I'm just walking. It's muddy everywhere. We're walking. I'm going all over the neighborhood. I have to wake Ian up. He's driving all over the neighborhood. Come back. Uh, they're driving all over the neighborhood. And I'm just like walking around like crying because I thought like there's no way I'm not going to find Momo. But next door, which is an excellent social network, I think very highly of it now. Um, <laughs> but it's just like, you know, Facebook for your neighborhood. Yep. And uh, for the most part, I've never really used it for anything. It's always people asking about moving boxes and stuff. And then there's just a lot of lost and found dogs. But of course, like I didn't expect for someone to find Momo immediately and post pictures of her. So <sighs> it was difficult. It did. It was, uh, it's very stressful, but. Oh man. 
I know I saw that furry thing pop up on my feed today and I was like, oh, what's that? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh, I know. And then I was so mad at those girls too. And then I was like, so, and it wasn't their fault because it's like, you know, they're drunk, they're leaving. Like yeah. who could predict, right? On the other hand, I was like, oh God, my dog's dead. You know, like there's no way she's never coming back. She's not one of those dogs that comes back and she's dumb. She doesn't know where her house is. But, and she went, apparently she went pretty far too. So damn. Scary. Very stressful. Just wait till your kid starts crawling out of the house or walking I, out of the house. I feel a lot more confident in his ability to find his way back home than in hers. <laughs> he is smarter than a dog at this point. Oh, man. Well, pretty soon he'll be old enough and then he'll disappear in the middle of the night. And he'll be like, Where, where'd you go? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <some lady>. <laughs> the honor took you there, honor by you. I love it. I love it. Okay. I think we're good. Do we start. have a guest this week? Uh, no, we no? don't. I don't think so. No one responded to the email in time. So. There you go. You're okay. our guest. Yeah, yeah. you're our guest. Oh. Yay. <laughs> Today, the 25th? Yeah. Oh. Week of his mind. Oh. Okay. Mean's got his night planned. <laughs> um. Are we, are we going to start now? Yes. I don't have a recorder anymore. I, I haven't been able to I'm figure out sure a solution. Mine is yet. running here. Let's see. The ceilings are really high in here, but the ceilings are high everywhere. And yeah. I'm like trying to find a small room, but God, I know, poor me. Uh, I'm trying to find a small room in my palace, but <laughs> I, I just can't seem to find one. Oh, God, it must be so tough. But it's a, ugh, I just hate it when it echoes, but. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's a, it's a faint, it's a faint echo. Okay. <laughs> well, we are not a podcast known for our audio quality, so. <laughs> Okay, so this is episode 228? Yes. Jesus. Ugh, Jesus, okay. I'll tell you one thing before we start. Uh, I, I was just planning, we were planning this podcast by email, right? And, yeah. and my girlfriend saw an email, uh, your email pop up, and she's like, what's a Mimi Hoshut? <laughs> I'm like, it's a person. <laughs> oh, God. You have a girlfriend, I mean. Yes. I don't, I don't, oh, okay. I have to explain her. What, Mimi Hoshid is one of the very rare Pokemon that only shows up <laughs> once in a month. I was like, how's this girl dating you when she doesn't know who I am? Whoa. <laughs> you haven't been around for a while, though, Mimi, right? It's been that true, long. true. <laughs> we, even, we even found the, old, the new version of Chase last time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. When was the last time Ashley was on a podcast? Uh, good question. I mean, probably November, I guess, something like that. She doesn't respond to emails anymore. <laughs> so, well, she, um, I think what happened was she, her job, like got rid of her position. So they basically fired her and then she had to adjust to a normal day schedule at a different job. And I think it like just threw her entire life into whack. Oh no. Well, hopefully she'll, she'll come back around and I'll yeah. see her, talk to her one of these days. And I would put money on her computer breaking or something. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So. Does my pen only write bitter words for those who are dear to me? Is it love? If I take your is it love? If I set you free? Sound of your heartbeat What do you call 
reality and in your reality if I don't know how to love you I'll leave you be